Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We are in the fourth Sunday of the Easter season, and the fourth Sunday every single year is Good Shepherd Sunday, our patronal feast day. So the collect goes like this. Grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls each by name and follow where he leads, for he is the good shepherd. So you might remember the story about the little boy in Sunday school class, Johnny, and the whole class has been given the task of memorizing the 23rd Psalm, uh, the the shepherd psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so the teacher's given them uh, enough time to memorize the psalm, And he goes home and each day he spends some time trying to memorize the psalm. And finally the day comes when uh, the Sunday school teacher uh, calls Johnny up and says, Johnny, it's your turn to recite the psalm. So he gets up and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's it. Then he sat down and he said, and that's all I need to know. And in a sense, that's a very true statement. But we're going to look at a little bit today what are the characteristics of the good shepherd. But for that, we need to kind of have an idea, an image in our minds of what a shepherd looks like, particularly in Palestine, in Israel, in the Middle East. Uh, There are some places still in the Middle East that actually look like they did Uh, when Jesus was walking the dusty streets of Galilee and Judea. My mind um, goes to the bucolic pastures and countryside of England when I think of sheep. Well, that's not the way it is in the Middle East. In England, there are these beautiful uh, green pastures, and normally they've got a little bit of wood fencing around there, or they've got grates in the roads so that the, uh, the sheep don't go across the roads. And shepherds normally have Wellington boots and uh, rain jackets on. But um, this is not the image in the Middle East. It's rocky terrain. It's dusty terrain. And to try and find good pasture, you've really got to work at it. You've got to lead the sheep. You've got to know where the rains might have brought up some grass, enough for them to be able to feed and survive on. And there are wild animals all the way around. They've got that crook to protect all of their sheep from wild animals. It's to pull them out of places, but it's also a weapon to keep the animals at bay. And yet this is the image that that God uses throughout the scriptures about his relationship with his people. He goes over and over again back to this image of him being a shepherd of his flock, of his sheep. 
the care and the protection of a shepherd. Through the prophet Ezekiel, he promises this. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down. God saying through Ezekiel that he will come and personally be that shepherd. And then through the prophet Isaiah, who is talking about the coming Messiah, the promised Messiah, the Messiah also, he says, will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Both God and Messiah will come to be the shepherd. Well, at this distance from those prophecies, we know that that's one and the same, that God becomes incarnate in Jesus Christ. God, the Son, is the shepherd that comes. But for those in the time of the prophets who are trying to uh, decipher these, to know what they're talking about, uh, it does, there's a bit of a disconnect because Messiah is coming to free the people, but they haven't made the connection that Messiah is actually God himself who has promised that he will come and be a shepherd. And then Jesus, in one of those seven great I am statements in John's gospel, I am the true vine, I am the bread of life, I am the living waters, all of those I am statements, he says, I am the good shepherd. Hearkening back to those prophetic words from Ezekiel and Isaiah, that God himself will come and shepherd his people, and Jesus says, I am that shepherd. I am the good shepherd, the one after whom we are named. We are the church of the good shepherd. Uh, when I first came here, within that first year, I think I happened to mention to Bev Lassiter and Charlotte that I'd been looking around and couldn't find anything iconic in the church about the Good Shepherd. We had a Good Shepherd window in the chapel, one that shows, um, it's a dual window, one that shows David is a shepherd boy uh, caring for the sheep and next to it is Jesus as the good shepherd with a sheep around uh, in his arms uh, and a sheep at his legs as well. And I said, you know, there's nothing. And, and, and Ethel had mentioned that um, in the 70s, the vestry had made a resolution that the temporary windows that had been put in when the church would be built, as soon as there was money available, were going to be replaced. So very shortly thereafter, there was this meeting. Bev Schweitzer-Gerdes, whose husband, um, Neil Schweitzer, had, uh, was the architect for this church and so knew that history. And Bev Lassiter and Charlotte and Crosby Willett, who was a friend of theirs, we all gathered together. And uh, Willett Hauser is a stained glass company. And so we're talking, and I'm thinking, 
All I said was, there's nothing iconic. It would be great to have a window. But at that point in time, my, uh, my list of to-dos were uh, several air conditioners that had gone out and needed replacing. So it was a wonderful meeting, but, um, but I really thought that this was one of those cans that we were going to kick down the road for quite a long time, maybe even post my rectorate. Uh, but anyway, he said, well, tell me about this. What, what do you... And so I went to all of these good shepherd stories, all of the stories that are replete in scripture about the good shepherd. And he took all of those stories back and he gave them to the artist there who, who had been a Roman Catholic nun. And she did this beautiful drawing. And both Charlotte and I, when we got it in the mail, we called each other and we were in tears just at the design. And I said, well, Charlotte, it's absolutely gorgeous. And one of these days, maybe, you know, whatever the Lord requires and the Lord wills, we'll see. And it got filed away. Well, the Lord knew the timing. And we have this window in memory of Jim Burgess because of Irene's gift. And it is the Lord's doing because the Lord wants us to see in this all of the fullness and the story of who he is as our good shepherd. That when we come in, we can see in here all of the things about the good shepherd. The first one is, is that in John's gospel, we hear that there are other shepherds that look like they're a good shepherd, but they're really the hired hand. And as soon as there's any kind of a danger, as soon as anything comes against the flock, they're out of here. They're just going. The good shepherd, the true shepherd, sticks around. In the face of anything that will come against his sheep. In fact, he says, Jesus says, I will lay down my life for the sheep and take it up again. In other words, the sheep are fully protected when he has gone through the valley of the shadow of death himself. So that when we pass through, we pass through into eternal life. And so he is the true shepherd that will stand against any evil that comes against his people to rescue them. Laying down his life. And taking it up again. He's talking about the resurrection that will happen. And then he said, there are others who are not in this flock. Remember, Jesus is Jewish and he's talking to a Jewish audience. So those, his flock is Israel. But he says there are others who are not yet of this flock. But they will be brought in also. So there will be one flock and one shepherd the others are us, the Gentiles. We have been brought in to the one flock, Jew and Gentile alike, Christ's church, one flock of which he is the good shepherd. The good shepherd never stops searching for the lost. If he looks at his flock 
and knows that there are some missing, he will leave the 99 and go searching for the one. If you look in the very top right-hand corner up there, there are some little sheep up there. That's the sheepfold. He's gone searching. And the thing is, it doesn't matter where he goes. He'll go through brambles. He'll go through cliffs. He'll go through raging storms. He'll get cut up, beaten up, climbing rock faces and leaning down from them. He never, ever, ever stops searching for his lost sheep. Ever. Some of you were maybe lost sheep. I was a lost sheep. I was a lost sheep until I was 33. And the Lord found me. Some of you have been lost as well and have been found. My mom, you remember this story maybe, was one of those lost sheep. We'd have talks over and over again. No, Sal, I I don't believe in any of that stuff. I was Sal or Sally Gal to my parents. Sal, I, I, I can't, I don't. I'd like to, but I just don't. And then the days before her death, just, just a day or so, I said, it's okay, mummy. You can let go. You can let go and go to Jesus because he's got you, you know. She said, I know, Sal. I know. He never stops searching. He always goes after his lost sheep, even till the last moment. He is looking for his lost sheep. Elizabeth Clifan puts it this way. None of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed or how dark the night that the Lord passed through ere he found the sheep that was lost. We're to pray for all the lost sheep For as Peter tells the high priests, Annas and Caiaphas, there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. No other name, the name of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd of the sheep, the same name by which people are healed just before our Acts reading. Peter has healed a lame man and that's why he's been brought up before the Sanhedrin and they're going, what? How, did, how was this man healed? What was the name that you used to heal this man? And Peter replies, let it be known to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the same Jesus Christ who proclaimed himself, I am the good shepherd. He's the real McCoy. He's not the counterfeit. He is the true good shepherd. And he will go to any lengths. And he will never stop searching for his lost sheep who he will rescue off of the cliff faces of life, out of the bramble-strewn paths, 
off of the ledge of the cliff and rescue that one sheep and bring him home. He is the good shepherd who knows each and every one by name. Not only does he know your name, he knows all of you. He knows everything about you intimately, better than you know yourself. He says, I know my own, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. That wonderful dance of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who knows all the persons of, of the Godhead intimately, so does he know you so intimately he knows in other words our relationships he knows our business dealings he knows our financial situations he knows our secret thoughts he knows our fears our anxieties our struggles and our sorrows and this is the promise he is your shepherd You shall not be in want. He walks with you through the valley of the shadow of death. You need fear no evil. He will lead you beside still waters, bring you into green pastures. He will revive your soul and he'll show you the right pathway for his name's sake. He is the true shepherd. He never stops searching for his own. He knows each of his sheep by name. He knows you through and through. And he will show you the path of life. He will go ahead of you. You know, shepherds don't try and corral their sheep from behind because they just split. They just go in different directions. Uh, But they go ahead. And, and that word good can mean beautiful, not, not physically beautiful, but there's an attractiveness about the good shepherd that draws us to follow, that he just goes ahead says, come on, follow me. I have the safe pathway. Though the waters rage and storm, though it seems unsafe, I am with you. And I have the path of life. Will we trust that shepherd out of our own comfort zone? Will we go on the pathway that he leads, even though it seems sometimes that we need to lose control? It's spurious anyway. We really don't have complete control. Will we follow on the pathway that he leads? For he has promised to be with us always and that his mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our life and that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For this is the good shepherd, the one who is true, who lays down his life for the sheep and takes it up again to rescue us 
from certain death and to draw us into eternal life. He is the one who will go and search for the lost sheep and never stop searching for the one that is lost. He is the good shepherd who knows us intimately through and through and cares for us and walks with us and shows us the path to go, the path of true life and true blessing. I close in the prayer from the writer to the letter to, of the letter to the Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, make you complete in everything good, so that you may do his will, working among us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.